welcome to the most entertaining, engaging, and charismatic podcast. Welcome to the most overrated, underappreciated, most viewed, underviewed podcast of all time. Welcome to, you already know, the most charismatic man in entertainment. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. And it's also kind of looking like controversy too. So in this episode, thank you for tuning in. You know, this conversation was started by Quentin Tarantino and Jennifer Aniston. And, you know, we all are big fans of superhero movies. You know, Marvel has changed the game for the movie theater experience. You know, from Avengers to Captain America to Thor to Iron Man to Hulk. You know, Marvel is killing it. And, you know, in the recent wake of Wakanda Forever, R.I.P. Chadwick Boseman, we have an honest conversation. Me and Dimitri, two fellow actors, you know, I've been on my acting journey for 12 years since the beginning of high school. And uh, I have some experience in this genre. And Quentin Tarantino and Jennifer Aniston have some hot takes regarding superhero movies. And, you know, I think this is a great conversation. It's not too controversial. It's not going to hurt anybody's feelings. I think everybody stands at a point where it's either too many superhero movies or it's just as much as they want. It's like a Christmas gift that never runs out. So... You know, in this episode, we are going to be talking about that. We're also going to be talking about our own acting careers, our own acting experiences, uh, you know, different type of acting. But mostly, we're going to be talking about superhero movies and whether they have impacted the movie theater experience. So without further ado, buckle your seatbelts, grab a candy cane, get some eggnog, whatever you do. You know, the holidays is coming. And this episode is about to start in three, two, one. Let's jump right into it. Um, you know, this is a good conversation. Um, so Dimitri had brought it up to my attention about Quentin Tarantino, his comments about movie stars. And uh, as both actors, I think we both have different opinions and, and thoughts about what he said. So I'm going to backtrack and give a little uh, backstory because I didn't know about this. So Jennifer Aniston actually started this whole conversation about the movie stars. So she, in November, early November, Jennifer Aniston, uh, she came out and declared there's no more movie stars. And then Quentin Tarantino echoed it on a uh, on a recent interview on a podcast. But I guess because the way how he said it, it, it caused a little more traction. But he said he basically blamed the loss of movie stars on the Marvel Marvelization of Hollywood. Meaning uh, the superhero movies, the comic book era of, of movies, um, you have all these actors, this is basically his words, you have all these actors who are becoming famous playing these characters, but they're not really movie stars. Captain America is a star. Thor is a star. And, you know, I'm not the first person to say that, and I won't be the last person to say that. And the point of his contention was, you know, Marvel, these franchise characters, the franchises themselves are the stars. Not Anthony McKee, not Robert Downey Jr., not Chris Evans. Um, how do you feel about that? Because honestly, I've thought about it since we last talked and we actually recorded about it. But mm-hmm. my pants kind of changed a little bit. What do you, What do you think? Um, you know, I I just think that um, it it's really a matter of perspective and how you view like your what your personal opinion 
or definition of what a movie star actually is. Um, I think that they're not movie stars because the success doesn't translate. And, you know, kind of like what we talked about before, just because Chris Evans, you know, when he does a Captain America film and it does hundreds of millions of billions of dollars, did not ne- does not necessarily mean that it'll translate to his non-MCU film. So that, in fact, does not make them a quote-unquote movie star. A movie star is Dwayne The Rock Johnson, Will Smith, Brad Pitt, Tom Cruise, Denzel Washington, Sam Jackson, because they are the guys who can... See, Will Smith can do Suicide Squad and then have the same success in Suicide Squad as he does doing King Richard or Hancock or I Am Legend. And in fact, his own films are more successful than those. So to me, that's real movie stars, not, you know, uh, Anthony Mackie, Chris Evans, Robert Downey Jr. I would say the only exception, the two exceptions that I could think of, or the three in MCU films, Marvel films, is Chadwick Boseman, Samuel Jackson, and Michael B. Jordan. Those are the only three actors that I could think of right now that can do Marvel films and then still have the same success or similar success outside. So, oh, I agree. And one of the points I made too is the fact that but what happens is, you know, Marvel, DC, as big as these platforms are, they pick un, they pick non name talents to put them in the title role of a major motion picture. Which is, as an actor, I'm not disagreeing with. I'm not telling them not to do that. But the problem is, you know, Chris Hemsworth come on the scene. Nobody really knows him. He's known as Thor. So when he does a a Netflix movie, when he does a movie outside of Thor, a lot of people don't watch it because they're only used to seeing him as Thor. And that's the only time they want to see him. Because let's let's be real. Ever since uh, Avengers Endgame, right? When was the last time you heard somebody clamoring to see Robert Downey Jr. or Chris Evans on a movie screen? I'm not saying they're not talented, but... Besides the Avengers, nobody's asking for a Scarlett Johansson movie. Nobody's asking for a Robert Downey Jr. movie. And that's the difference between them and a Denzel and a Tom Cruise. You know, right. I just I just watched Top Gun, uh, Maverick. Mm-hmm. Phenomenal I, movie. My phenomenal. favorite movie of this year. And I'm honestly surprised. That's probably the first movie in the last, since Marvel started, besides mm-hmm. Avatar, that's gross a billion dollars. But that's because Tom Cruise from Mission Impossible to all these other sequels he's doing in previous movies. Tom Cruise has that appeal as a movie star. The problem mm-hmm. is a lot of the Marvel DC actors, they can't translate that success to other franchises. Mm-hmm. I think the only other person I've seen successfully cross over from a superhero genre was uh Henry Cavill as Superman when he did um when he played the black bad guy in Mission Impossible. Um I think Rogue Nation or a, a Ghost Protocol or something, the last one that just came out. Okay. But that was the first time I actually looked at a superhero actor and said, oh, that's actually interesting. But mm-hmm. a lot of people don't get that same impression. Um, but I do want to ask you, because people kind of push back and kind of disagreed. Uh, I would say they agree with Samuel Jackson, but still disagree with his premise. Because mm-hmm. Samuel Jackson came out and disagreed with Quentin Tarantino and said, you know, people like Chadwick Boseman they are bigger than the role themselves. And, you know, Black Panther didn't define Chadwick Boseman. Chadwick Boseman helped define Black Panther. Do you agree with that? Or do you think that just because of the cultural significance behind Black Panther and then that it wasn't just a a, a standalone Avengers movie that it kind of helped boast Black Panther, the actual movies, higher than 
uh, you know, the other Marvel movies that they make. Well, here's the thing, um, because I actually saw uh, Sam Jackson say that, and I'll say this: Chadwick Boseman, prior to joining the MCU, he was already on his way to being a film star anyway. Why? Because he was the lead in two big films, 42, where he played Jackie Robinson and Get On Up, where he played James Brown. So he was already a leading man prior to joining the MCU. So I feel like the reason why Black Panther, or one of the reasons why it was so big is not only because of, you know, the 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 fact that it's an MCU film and people being curious to see what a Black Panther film is going to, you know, look like, but also because of his leading man status as an actor. You know what I'm saying? It's because he was already seen or he was getting to that leading man echelon because there's a lot of male actors out there, but not every male actor is a leading man. It's a difference. You know what I'm saying? Like you can Google it and they'll go through the leading men of, of the decades and you'll see, you know, there's, there's a difference. And Chadwick Boseman was one of them. So Chadwick Boseman also did the five bloods with Spike Lee and he was the lead actor you know, there, or he was the leader of the Five Bloods. He did 21 Bridges. You know what I'm saying? He did Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, and he was the focal point of these films. So he was able to, to leave the MCU and get maybe not as widespread commercial success, which is box office numbers, but he was able to get critical success. Because like I said before, you don't want to um, try to do a project that's going to compete with a Black Panther that's going to compete with a Spider-Man because you're going to lose. You're always going to fall short in comparison to the superhero genre in a when it comes to, you know, commercial success. So Chadwick Boseman was, in fact, a movie star prior to becoming Black Panther. It was because he was a movie star is why they chose him, because Black Panther would not have been the same if they had gotten anybody else. Chadwick Boseman was really the primo, you know, like, like definite option, you know, when it came to casting him. Oh, absolutely. And I think that's why a lot of people, that's why I, I agree with Samuel, but I, I disagree because it's the same reason why he's not, he's always going to be a movie star because he had a career way before um, uh, he started doing Avengers. And I, I, I think that, um, you know, one point that Samuel, Liu, the, the guy who played um, uh, Shang-Chi, mm-hmm. um, he pushed back and said, uh, this is what he said. He said that, uh, if the only gatekeepers to movie stardom came from Tarantino and Scorsese, I would never have the opportunity to lead a $400 million plus movie. I am in awe of the filmmaking genius. They are transparent uh, orders, but they don't get the point that knows at me or anyone. And, you know, I, 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 I see what he's trying to say, but he's exactly proven their point because let's be real here. Let's be real. How many was anybody looking for him before Shang Chi? No. Um, has he done a project outside of Shang Chi that everybody's clamoring for? No. And someone made a good point. Some some people say they feel like Aquafina was the reason why they went to go see Shang Chi than he was. That is so, not true. That 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 I I will dispute that. I, I, <laughs> I'm gonna I, I, dispute that right now. She was just a comedic relief, but Aquafina and I don't even know what kind of name that is. No one was coming to that film to see her. I will say, to Simu Lu's credit, he did his thing in that film. And again, she was supporting character. She was just the goofy character that, like, she kept on falling and tripping and falling and then beating some, like, like doing the right thing by accident. So she she ain't no star. <laughs> Stop with the cap. Whoever said that is capping. I, 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 I ain't say. I'm just I'm just repeating. No, I know you ain't saying that. I know whoever whoever's pushing that narrative cap. But 
I would I would say too. I, I think that one thing I will agree with is the diversity, but I also think it's unfair for Semi to 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 emphasize Tarantino and Scorsese's work because Quentin Tarantino created Pulp Fiction, um, the Django. I mean, he has that work ethic where he does create box office hits. Yeah, it may not be Avengers box office numbers, but to be fair, it's kind of hard to compete with Marvel in that aspect because they are dominating. But I think the point is, and I want to get your opinion on it, Square, uh, Quentin Tarantino's whole take is Marvel, the whole superhero movie um, era that we end, has ruined movies. And I remember back to a conversation we did uh, a couple months ago when we did Denzel versus Will Smith. It's one of those things where Denzel, unfortunately, compared to Will Smith nowadays, would do less success critical and box office-wise compared to Will Smith because he doesn't do superhero movies. And the days of seeing The Irishman, A Bronx Tale, uh, Scarface, uh, th- those days are kind of over for now. I think superhero movies are in the up and up. And whenever we, whenever we've been talking about box office numbers, talking about critical uh critical uh success in terms of budget and all that stuff, we look at superhero movies from the past twelve uh ten years decade. All right, how did it line up with Iron Man two? How did Iron uh uh how did it measure up with Avengers? That's like the new goalpost now. How is it stacking up against these superhero movies? So every year, you know, you can make a such a great uh critical. Uh, commercial movie that you know appeals to the minorities, appeals to a wide fan base. But if you have Doctor Strange coming out the same weekend, good luck because you're not going to get the same amount of ticket sales. Um, mm-hmm. as an actor, do you feel like it has destroyed acting in itself, or do you think that it's just a, a time where people just that Hollywood is only giving what people what they want? It's it's it hasn't ruined acting, but it's ruined the process, the filmmaking process of filmmaking in a sense that if I'm a filmmaker, I'm a director or I'm a producer or I'm a writer director, you know, and I'm someone who makes films. If I'm making a drama, a romantic comedy, a comedy or something that can be looked at as not like a blockbuster or something that will yield that sort of box office success. It'll be hard for me to do it because the guys in suits, the, the, the analytic guys who greenlight these films, who finance these films, they are more so looking to put their money into something that will yield quadruple what they put in. So if they, if the if they're going to give me a hundred million dollar budget, then they expect me to make 300 million, 400 million, 500 million, because that's what the goal is. Let's say a film like Top Gun, I would assume that they're probably going to want to do another one because that movie made a billion dollars. And I didn't even expect that when I found out that a movie made that much, I was surprised. Right. And you and, and if you look at a lot of the films that do that well, they have a lot of the same elements, which is a lot of action, a lot of CGI, you know, um, that sort of thing. So it it that genre, the superhero film genre, hurt films in that aspect because again, if your film does not consist of CGI, lots and lots of action, lots of explosions, and and all of that, they're not going to want to give you the money to make these things. 
you know so and 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 that's the part where i agree with him it's like this the days of being able to switch from you know will smith doing uh pursuit of happiness to doing suicide mm-hmm. squad Let, let's, let's be real pursuit of happiness in 2022 2023 or any year going forward wouldn't even scratch maybe 50 million dollars at the box office because uh, to be honest, it seems like it, unless it's a superhero movie or has the potential to compete with a new Spider-Man or a new Marvel project, it's going straight to DVD now. Or I, I wouldn't say straight to DVD. Streaming. Streaming services. And that's one of the biggest problems. I was reading something about that. Um, there was a famous actor. I forgot who it was, but they were talking about how you know people need to start going back to the movies because now you see you know movies that will only be exclusive to movie theaters You know, four years ago. Are all going HBO Max, Netflix, but you know if it's a Marvel project, maybe a DC project, it's all is dominating the theaters. And the problem is, is is creating an unfair balance where it's like, okay, I know. Um, let me backtrack. Dwayne the Rock Johnson, he was doing an interview where somebody, an uh, interviewer criticized, well, they criticized him, but they asked him. They said, hey, you know, Black Adam, good movie. But were you worried and are you worried that Black Panther or Wakanda Forever is going to overtake the success of the box office for Black Adam? And he said, you know, I, I'm not worried. You know, I, it's two separate lanes. I wish them all the best. You know, rest in peace, Chadwick. And I'm not here to compete. I'm just here to do what I have to do. But that's the reality of our situation. When you have a movie premiere and you have reporters asking you about how your movie's going to do compared to a Marvel movie, that is a problem. Now, I know a lot of people, especially as an actor, I'm not going to say I'm never going to do superhero movie. I think nowadays that's the best way to get that success is to be in a superhero movie if we're looking at the track record. But isn't it sad that the days of being able to, you know, do a movie like Scarface and become critically known like a Robert De Niro, mm-hmm. uh, you know, those days are long gone. And I think Quentin Tarantino does have a good point. It's the obsession with superhero movies, an obsession uh, with doing um, these big blockbuster $400 million budget superhero movies are making it harder for smaller films, smaller budget films to actually recoup some of those losses to overtake the theaters because quite frankly marvel cranks out movies more than any other studio so it, it just seems like no matter what time you put in that movie out you're going to compete with a spider-man a avengers a, mm-hmm. a new character that they're going to put out a doctor strange movie it, it, it's just um unfair now but that being said another point that's been floating around about marvel and we've talked about this is the way how Marvel's last, I would say last two, three years, have been kind of putting out dudders. Not so great. Let's not even bring up Thor 4, Love and Thunder. But Marvel has been kind of not bringing out the same consistency it had like they used to with, uh, you know, beginning phases of uh, uh, phase one, two, or three. Phase four has been absolutely terrible. But they still make a billion dollars. I mean, Doctor Strange is damn near almost at a billion. Thor, I think it's it's not close to a billion, but it's past five hundred million, so it's still a box office success. How do you feel about people who say you know it now is becoming Marvel is in their only, and they could get away with turning out all types of garbage and all types of you know low effort movies just because they can. It's about money at, at the end of the day. And I feel like 
people it's either you like them this is you you like superhero films or you don't no no amount of complaining about them is going to change the way that the film industry is right now because things don't stay the same forever you know films are the film industry is not what it was in the 70s it's not what it was in the 80s 90s 2000s 2010s now now we're in the 2020s and things are the way that they are and it's really just a matter of you know making an adjustment to it like we talked about before i enjoy superhero films you know for the most part you know what i'm saying and i enjoy regular films do i wish that you know a malcolm and marie would be in the theaters sure but it's not so i just have to accept what things are because the only the only way that things will change is when if ever superhero films go out of style or comic book movies go out of style which i don't see that happening because so many people love them even people who don't read comic books they enjoy these films too because that's just a substitute because i didn't grow up reading comic books you know what i'm saying i grew up watching cartoons and then from cartoons now i'm watching superhero films and they're really cool you know what i'm saying um i feel like as an actor my thing is this even if i were to be in a superhero film i would plot my career the same way that chadwick did it is to where i'm not going to be jumping to projects that every block every film that i do does not have to be a box office hit you know what i'm saying that's not really my goal you know my goal is to just do stories or be a part of films that i think have a great message and that are artistically satisfying to me if it happens to be a box office hit then great but that box office success does not necessarily define my career. I know that's what makes a movie star a movie star because I'm Will Smith is my favorite actor. He's one of my personal heroes. And I know the way the measuring stick for his career for him was how well his films were doing box office wise. So from Independence Day to Men in Black to Wild Wild West to Hancock to I, Robot, you know what I'm saying, to I Am Legend. All of those films, Shark Tales, all of those films were box office successes. You know what I'm saying? And he wasn't really going for the critical success. Or if he did, he would do that very sparingly with uh, Pursuit of Happiness, which just happened to be a box office hit too. You know what I'm saying? And it wasn't until his big film started to kind of falter is when he started to chase the critical successes, when you started seeing him doing King Richard. But Will Smith probably wouldn't have done a King Richard in the early 2000s, because in his mind, he probably would not have looked at it as this is going to be a film that's going to gross hundreds of millions of dollars. Because at one point, he was one of the highest grossing, you know, actors at that particular time. You know, nobody was doing, you know, bigger numbers than he was for a while. He was known as, you know, the July weekend kind of guy. So, you know, July comes around. That's when, the you know, the new Will Smith movie comes out. So anyway, I just feel like Marvel films are not going anywhere. DC films are not going anywhere. I feel like people just really need to accept it and make whatever adjustments they feel like they need to make. Yeah. From an acting and filmmaking perspective. Or and, and you know, th this is crazy, you know, because, um, you know, Anthony McKee, you know, we talked about this, but either Anthony McKee, if you don't know, he plays Falcon, um, aka the kind of new Captain America, but he's kind of on his way out. So who knows what's happening? But even he said, you know, I'm not a movie star. The Falcon is the movie star. And he was like, you know, Tom Cruise, Will Smith, Stallone, Schwarzenegger. When you go to see those movies, you go see Arnold Schwarzenegger. You go to see Will Smith. 
Uh, nowadays, it's, you're going to see X-Men. You're not going to see, uh, you know, Chris, uh, Tom Holland and, uh, you know, what's that, Uncharted? You want to see right. Tom Holland and Spider-Man. And I think from a business aspect, from a professional acting aspect, look, I've talked about this. And it's all about what kind of success you want. You could be the actor who does a million short films, uh, feature films, indie films, films that, you know, never see a budget of five million. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Or you could be Dwayne The Rock Johnson, who knows what he's good at. He's good at one thing and make a ton of money off of doing that. But the other person who's very internet craft wanted, you know, Daniel Day-Lewis, for instance, as great as the actor as he is, which one is more important? Being in, 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 you know, challenging acting roles or making millions and millions of dollars for a role. So it's one of those things where as much as I like to bag on Dwayne The Rock Johnson, and a lot of other people do, not so much about his movies, but more so his acting, but he knows what he's good at. So when you go see Black Adam, let's be real, most people went to go see it because they wanted to see how Dwayne The Rock Johnson was going to portray himself in that. Nobody, a lot of people don't know who Black Adam was. I do because I'm a, I knew DC before it started becoming movies. But a lot of people didn't know who Black Adam was. They said, oh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson has a superhero. Let's go see what that is. You know, and it's not wrong with that. I don't think Quentin Tarantino is wrong, but at the same time, it's one of those things where times has changed. Superheroes are in, um, and it's good because I think it also has allowed diversity. Now we're seeing Asian films like Shang-Chi. We're seeing empowerment films like Black Panther that's dedicated to you know black people. Even the, the news will kind of, as much as, I haven't watched it yet, but as much as people dislike it, now you're seeing representation for the Hispanic and the fuck that shit. Nah, yeah, we 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 ain't doing that. Skip over that. We ain't doing that over here. Nah, <laughs> sorry. Nah, nah. I I I can't sit and listen to that. <laughs> sorry, sorry. That movie's garbage. Go see that movie, please. See the movie. See the movie, and you'll see what I'm talking about. But it. But isn't that that doesn't that lead to the exact point I was making where like Marvel could make any type of movie they want now, and it still cross almost a billion dollars, if not cross. Like that's well, that's the time that we live in it. Well, because here's here's the thing with Marvel films, and I'll kind of make a translation into you know um combat sports in a way, because that's the way that it'll make the most sense to me if I term it this way or I explain it this way. Um movies like Wakanda Forever are casual friendly movies, and in a sense that People, there are some people who probably don't know shit about what's going on in Marvel Phase Four, going into Phase Five, but they'll go see the movie anyway, just for shits and giggles because it's the hype. That's the only reason why is because you have cat. It's casual friendly. There's a reason why you see like Ant Man might not get the most box office success because it's not a casual friendly movie. You know what I'm saying? Um, or maybe let's say even some of the 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 Disney Plus shows that they have. Not everybody probably saw Hawkeye. Why? Because it's not casual friendly. Because in order for that show to make sense, you have to follow the shows. You right. know what I'm saying? You have to actually follow it. So I don't look at, you know, the success of a Wakanda Forever as really, as it being indicative of how good the fucking film is. No, it's because that movie is a casual friendly movie that people will just see the movie for the sake of seeing it, but they have no idea what's going on. It's just, you know what I'm saying? It's like in combat sports. 
people don't know shit about boxing. Oh, but they know Ryan Garcia. They know Javante Tank Davis. They know Floyd Mayweather. People know Conor McGregor. But does that mean that they actually know what was going on in the sport of, of you know, MMA, UFC, or boxing? No. These are just casual, friendly fighters that, you know, people who they just feel they make casuals feel comfortable enough to want to watch their fights because they're casual friendly. So Wakanda Forever is not a good movie. It's just casual friendly. That's the only reason why, in addition to it being an MCU film, but it's also casual friendly. Yep. But to be honest, it's kind of like, you know, one of those days where Marvel, no matter what type of movie, nobody knew about Ant-Man. Nobody knew about Shang-Chi. But because it's Marvel, they can always guarantee at least at least six, seven, eight hundred million dollars return easily. So, and I think one of the biggest problems, and uh, I think that's one of the reasons why you have people speaking out like Jennifer Anderson, Quentin Tarantino, a bunch of other people, is you know, I was watching the video and some dude was talking about going viral and Instagram, social media, and all that stuff. And he was talking about how, you know, 10 years ago, even five years ago. You know, to go Instagram, uh, to go viral, you need it. You know, let's say, I, I forgot the exact number, but he said 200,000 views would guarantee you some type of viral success. You know, well, in the great, whatever the case may be. But because over the years, the goalpost has been moved, it's like now you could get a million views on a, a, a lot of people won't click on a video that has 100,000 views because that's that's too low. But, you know, five years ago, that was the exact amount of views you needed for many people to click on it. Now you need, you know, two plus million for people to actually engage with your content. And I think that's one of the reasons, like, a lot of people speaking out against Marvel is because, you know, like Anthony McKee was saying, he was saying that some of the our favorite movies growing up, like The Goonies, Halloween, The Thing, uh, you know, A Bronx Tale, uh, Pulp Fiction, these movies wouldn't be made now because the success wouldn't be able to live the same way as a Marvel because now Marvel has made it to where unless you guarantee close to a billion dollars your movies a flop so why would I make the Irishman why would I make a Scarface if I know I'm not going to get nowhere near that so it's 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 like it's like the bully in the playground it's like it's not wrong with what Marvel's doing but the problem is you're not making room for other movies to kind of make their way by so I think that's the that's the thing. As an actor myself, I love superhero movies, and I've made it my plan that I'm going to be in a superhero movie because I know that's the easiest way to guarantee success nowadays in Hollywood. And if you're not doing a superhero movie, you got to go to TV shows because that's the only other way to to get famous. Because the days of a Tom Cruise, unfortunately, is long gone. When Arnold Schwarzenegger, Tom Cruise, with uh, uh, uh Stallone, Dwayne Wright Johnson, when they all move on, and you know. Like you know, their careers is over. Who's who's the next superhero? Who's the who's the next movie star? I I couldn't even tell you. I mm-hmm. I literally couldn't. So, um, but that being said, how would you feel if Marvel called you a couple months from now and said, "Hey, Dimitri, we got this." Uh, no, it's no Static Shock. All right, DC Static Shock. We we cast into Static Shock, and we think you'll be a great fit for him. Now. Keep in mind, this is your first blockbuster movie. Um, and they said, hey, we want you to play Static Shot. We're going to guarantee you a paycheck, $700,000. If, if, if the film goes well, we're going to increase the budget. We're going to increase your paycheck. You're going to be Static Shot. 
Take it or leave it. And you want to know what I would say? Yep. Um. All right. So granted, granted, like, all right. So my my whole reasoning when I when I do stuff, you know, whether it's you know you know le- local theater, small theater, or short films or whatever, I only want to do something that I feel like I like. Um, it has to be a character that I feel like I can inherently play. And from what I've heard, and I can only assume this to be true, you 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 do a lot of talking with the producers, maybe the people who are writing the film, maybe the director, and you you talk about the story and you know, like what's gonna happen in it, you know, what they're trying to convey to audiences, the theme, a lot of that, because frankly. I know Static Shop because I used to watch the cartoon on Cartoon Network and stuff like that, but I, I'd be lying if I said I knew what or I had an idea as far as what a Static Shock film would look like in this day and age. And I feel like if I were to do a Static Shock film, I feel like I would actually probably want to play the villain, like one of the villains or some shit like that in Static Shock. I'm not sure if I would actually want to play Static himself you know, um, Nigel, it, it, re- it really depends like on, on the story, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I just feel like, you know, because I'm a taller, I'm a taller guy. I feel like I might have one of the other characters, you know, I could probably play one of them a lot better than, than static. It, it really, it really just depends. Like I would have to have a conversation. So if they offered it to me. We would have to talk on the phone. We would have to go out for lunch. We'd have to have meetings. And I would really want to know what this story is. Like I would have to read the script a few times so i would have been like do you guys have a draft i can read and then i would read it if if that character actually speaks to me because i don't know about other people but a lot of times if i read a script i read a character and they say oh i want you to play this as i'm reading that character that character is speaking to other characters but the character is speaking to me as i'm reading the script so i have to feel like the character of static shock has to speak to me. I, because I don't want to, I don't want to do some shit that is only going to be satisfying monetarily. And it's not going to be artistically satisfying because the way that I mentally plot my career, my whole resume has to consist of things that I, 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 I am passionate about. I'm enthusiastic about because the more I'm enthusiastic about static shock, the more that it would show on screen. So I wouldn't be doing it because, oh, they're paying me $700,000 and then a $300,000 bonus if the movie does well. Because then if it's about the money, then that means I just take anything for the money. And that's not true. So I I, I can't really say for sure. But I feel like playing a villain would probably be, you know, more interesting than, let's say, Static Shock himself. Uh, You know, know, the reason why I ask you that is because... You know, I think 10, definitely over 10 years ago, that would be a logical answer to say, I would like to see the script, see how things are. But imagine telling your agent, I don't like the script of Static Shock. Telling DC, I don't like the, the script of Static Shock. And then being surprised if you even get offered a role ever again. Because it seems to me where that's, if, if you get offered a role in a superhero movie nowadays, especially if it's a Marvel or DC movie, you're, you're instantly guaranteed success. And let me, all right, but let me let me throw this in the pot. And I'm sorry, but but I have to say this. What happened? What usually happens to people, especially leading actors, when they do a film like a like a Static Shock or a big what's supposed to be a big superhero film and it flops? What happens? I think. 
their whole career is fucked up after that shit. And really, really do you ever get a chance to do that again when a film fucks up that that bad? Like, and that's that's real because we we've seen that happen a lot. Like you have a movie that's supposed to be this big thing, and then it's not, especially static shot, because you I, I would never want to be labeled as a nigga that tried to do static shot and did that shit wrong. Because there's a like there's a lot of especially this DC, there's a lot of like static shock is a lot of fans, and I know that, and I know people when they hear, oh, like the prospect and the notion of a static shock movie happening. Bruh, like it, you gotta get it right. And I've been saying that shit for years. If they're gonna do it, do it right. Because I know for a fact people are gonna go in on a static shock movie that sucks. All right. Cause DC does not have a Kevin Feige or or a producer, an executive producer that is very knowledgeable of the source material where he knows it for a fact as to where even if the movie might not suck it's still a decent film. Like I fucking hated what kind of forever. But as I, as I said to people, when I walked out of the theater, I said, because I was so close to it, like personally, like just in terms of how much I love the first film, how much I looked up to Chadwick Boseman, how many fucking times in my lifetime that people say that I look like him. I was a, a bit closer to it. And I was watching it from a different, with a different set of eyes than the average person, but it was still a good watch. DC films are not like that. Like the reason why Black Adam worked was only because of The Rock and maybe Pierce Brosnan, right? But if those two guys weren't in it, that movie would have sucked. It would not have been a good movie if Pierce Brosnan and Dwayne The Rock Johnson was not in it. So back to Static Shock, that movie has to have a lot going on for himself. As an actor, you have to have you have to have faith. It's because I believe in myself. You're not. It's something that Denzel Washington says. You are not the sum of the roles you take. You are the sum of the roles you don't take. See, like, Will Smith didn't take The Matrix. Why? Because he just felt like, ah, uh, you know what I'm saying? He turned down Django because it just didn't it just didn't translate to him. So if I'm having meetings with these people and I'm telling them, all right, when I think of a Static Shock film, this is what I think of. This is what comes to mind. How close of my vision comes to, how close is it to yours? Because when Chadwick Boseman, they didn't, he didn't audition for Black Panther. They offered it to him, but they had a lot of conversations going into that. So that way it was a healthy marriage of what Chadwick had, his, his expectations for the role of T'Challa, you know what I'm saying? Going into civil war and their expectations. So it's like, again, I got to read it and say, this is a great script because that's what actors do because it might not be right for me but it could be right for somebody else. Like I said, me personally, I'm just looking at, I feel like it would be more artistically satisfying that I played a villain in Static Shock. I first, I don't know why, but in my head, I feel like there's something about the villain in Static Shock that feels more right to me than Static Shock himself. I don't know why. I don't know why, but my inner voice is telling me, it just said villain. That's why I said that. For, for whatever reason. Because... If you're a good actor, if you're a good actor, you're skilled, you're going to, there's going to be opportunities down the line because again, in, in superhero films, they make or break you. They make or break careers. If you do a superhero film and that shit flops and you're the lead role. And especially if what critics didn't like about this shit was your performance, you're done. You're done. You are done because you could have a bad film and they like your performance. But if that film didn't do well commercially and people didn't like you, you're done. 
you're done. So that's a risk that I would not want to take with my career. Because again, as an actor, you coming up, you have, I don't want to say a very finite amount of opportunities, but you have to plot your career wisely. So you can't just do some shit for the sake of doing it because then you're going to get for the sake of doing it results. So if I do some shit, I want to make sure that, yo, like I'm walking into a project that I have 100% faith that it will translate to audiences and then it'll have that widespread, you know, appeal. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, because I want to have faith in doing it. I'm not going to just do some shit because, oh, they're offering me, you know, some bread. But then next thing I know, I wasn't right for the character. So not only critics don't like me, but the audience didn't come to see the shit either because they already heard that the movie was garbage. So I start to hear, if they do a, a Static Shock movie and I hear that it's trash, I'm not even going to watch it. I'm not even going to watch it. Facts. So, you know, I, I get that. All right, so I'll give you another example. The Last Dragon is one of my favorite films of all time, one of my personal favorites in life. 1985 martial arts film starring Ty Mock, who was one of the very first Black, you know, leading actors in the 80s, all right? He did the first Last Dragon, and it was a relative success on maybe like a 15, you know, maybe a, a 5 to $10 million budget. The film grossed like $30 million, $35 million, some shit like that, all right? It wasn't Ghostbusters, but it was still a relative success, so they made, they made a return on their investment. They offered him, now obviously this is a longer story, but I'm, I'm making a point here. They offered him two sequels. They paid him $30,000 to do the first Last Dragon. They were going to pay him $60,000 for the sequel, Last Dragon 2, and then 100000 or 120000 to do the third film. He turned it down because he felt like it wasn't enough money, right? So he chose not to do it for money reasons, all right? Now, here's the difference between Ty Mock and me. Ty Mock wasn't an actor going into The Last Dragon. That, that project made him into an actor, but he didn't do really much of anything after that. Why? Because he was not a real actor that was still constantly looking to build themselves, you know, artistically. Even if you got to do something off, off, off Broadway, you're still going to do it because you want to build yourself as an actor. So he spent the rest of his life waiting to get another opportunity like that, and he never got it. So I hope you understand where I'm where I'm going with this. I can I can turn down if I have if I feel like it's just not right for me. I could be dodging a bullet. I could turn it down. Why? Because I'm an actor's actor. So I'm still going to be acting anyway, regardless if I do a static shock or superhero film or not. Has John David Washington done a superhero film yet? And he's a great actor. So that's the point that I'm making, because I'd rather do a, a smaller Spike Lee film that will just transcend generations like his films have than to do a fucking uh, superhero film or oh, because of the success. Look at Zoe Saldana. Now, she says she feels she's felt pigeonholed in Guardians of the Galaxy as Gomorrah since she's taken on the project and Avatar. So she chose those shits, and now she's pigeonholed. She can't do anything else. She hasn't done anything else since, since Gomorrah and whatever her, her blue character name is in Avatar. She hasn't really done anything. She might have done maybe a couple of stuff, but if she's has she been satisfied as an actor artistically? No. Monetarily? Sure. But money doesn't always buy you that sort of happiness because the reason why you become an actor in the first place is to tell as many stories as you can. I would rather be Sam Jackson, uh, have a Sam Jackson-esque career than to, than to have a The Rock career. And it sounds crazy, but it's because I'm an actor's actor. The Rock is, is, a, is a movie star. I'm an actor. It's a difference.
you know, you make good points, and that's exactly one of the crit- basically everything you just said just something why Quentin Tarantino hates Marvel because essentially you can't do those type of roles anymore. You can't turn down superhero movies without there being repercussions. Because I'll tell you right now, one of the things I do agree with you. You don't have to pick every project. Shout out to Nicolas Cage. But the problem is the the route that you want to take is something that you can't do at this point in your career. Why? Because you don't have the name value to do that. Sam Samuel Jackson could do that. Uh David uh David Washington could do that, obviously, because who his father is. But you have to get to the point where you can actually turn down projects. You're a new actor. Your agent makes money off of you. So if they send you to a Marvel or DC audition and say, hey, they want you in this Marvel movie, you have no... If you say no, you getting dropped immediately. No more games. This nigga's too bad. <laughs> I'm, t- I'm, t- I'm, t- I'm telling you. I'm telling you, bro. I'm telling you. I, I've been... D- I'm, I'm telling you right now. If you want to succeed in this industry in 2022... <laughs> If your agent sends you out to a Marvel or DC audition and they offer you a role and you say no, bro, you better start applying to Lowe's, Walmart, Walgreens, whatever, because they will drop you. Because now it's 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 funny, but it's also the truth, because a lot of a lot of agencies, um, you know, even uh, what's the name of the girl from uh, Wakanda, Shiri, she talked about how. Immediately, as soon as she got the role, she said yes. Because at the end of the day, right? I mean, we talk about this all the time. What is she, well, what is she? What does Letitia Wright really even do in, in the first Black Panther anyway? Like that? Like she, she didn't really do anything, and that was supporting role. What, is she, what does she have? Like what? Five pages? Five pages of dialogue? So she was getting paid probably a few hundred thousand just just to do nothing. I I, I, I I'm not even going to dispute what you're saying because that's true. But my just side, and I'll let you continue, is just that. You know, if they're all right, so let's say if okay, I have an agent, and then they say, All right, DC is casting, you know, for a role in Static Shock, you know, and they want they want you to come in and read for the lead role, they want you to come in and audition, blah blah blah, right? Okay, and then let's say I get it or they offer it to me. There's no way they're going to cast you as the lead role and not want your perspective and your opinion on that. That's all I'm saying. So because it's not like when you're an actor, you're an employee and you and you just get told what to do. No, they still because it's you're working, you're working with creatives and collaborators. The people that essentially show up that are above the line that work on set, the again, the directors and the writers and stuff like that, these are creative people. So I'm pretty sure if I had questions about the script and stuff like that, I'm pretty sure they would want to ease my concerns about that. You know what I'm saying? So it's not like you get mushed and, and, and pushed around because who the fuck wants to get shoved into an experience that they're not comfortable with? So that's why I say, again, like my intention, you know, is to be an actor's actor. You know, if, if box office success to me, in my mind, is just a byproduct. But I like if I ever did a static shock, if I ever did a Black Panther, I would want to tell like the greatest story possible. I would want to be the greatest iteration of that character that I could possibly be. And that's what I put first. So it's not about how much you pay me. It's about, is this a story that I think will touch people? 
it's not because I wouldn't want to be a part of a cash grab because again, you <laughs> if if you do get paid seven hundred thousand dollars or a million dollars to do you know fucking you know static shot and it's a flop, well you better make that million dollars you know what I'm saying last for the rest of your life. <laughs> you know what I'm saying because you're probably not gonna get another one because all right, well, ask yourself this question. I would disagree because well, hold on, ask yourself this question: the guys who did who did Power Rangers, the the lead actors in, in the Power Rangers film or the lead actors in the Mortal Kombat film, have you seen these motherfuckers since? No, exactly. <laughs> have you seen? Have you seen or heard of these people since Power Rangers? I liked it, but it was a flop. Mortal Kombat was a flop because if that movie was a success, they would already they would have already been talking about making a Mortal Kombat two immediately because these are franchise films that they hope to make. You know, four, five, six films of them shits, and them, them motherfuckers was a flop. What happened with Andrew Garfield after the Amazing Spider Man two was a flop. Has he done anything really big, Marquis, before No Way Home? Nah, nah. That's what I'm saying. Like sometimes, like, and, and they will never trust you with a big box office thing ever again in your career. So it's like when you do it, when you do do it, you got to make sure, like, yo, like, what type of story are we telling? And like, like, because I'm, I know that's what they do. You sit in the boardroom, you sit wherever it is that you're at, you talk with these executives, the writers, directors, everything, and you flesh everything out so it's like if i do step into something like a big machine like that there has to be somebody like kevin feige in there because if it's a superhero film dc has to have a kevin feige equivalent because then i know the story is going to be comic book accurate it's gonna have the fan service it's gonna have the the worldwide appeal and it's gonna i i would feel like i'm in the right hands with somebody like kevin feige you know pretty much dc don't have that head DC does not have that. That's why it's all over the place. That's exactly why Dwayne The Rock Johnson had to fight to get Henry Cavill to come back because they're all over the place. They're all over the place. That's the only freaking, you know, uh, uh, a film studio that they have freaking four different versions of Jokers. So they got freaking Joaquin Phoenix and then they had Jared Leto pretty much at the same time. At the same time, it's like, yo, what's what's going on here? And then they're constantly scrapping one thing to do another because they're constantly all over the place. And Static Shock is already not a, a superhero thing that's not the most popular. So it's like, if I do it, like, I would want that shit to be like like Joker on, on some shit. Like, a, a, the Static Shock film would have to be gritty as hell. Like, I would want them to, don't, don't go, don't go cheesy freaking no it would have to be gritty but not but still at the same time not taking itself too serious like other like you know what i'm saying so kids can come see it too so it's a healthy balance of both so it's like i should be able to bring you know like 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 a man should be able to bring you know his seven-year-old son to go see it it's gritty but it also has a good message so it's not like promoting violence or some shit like that if you get what i'm saying yeah and i would say you made good points right but the pro so let me ask you something mm-hmm Cause when was the last time you, couple buddies, family, whatever, sat down and said, "Yo, I can't wait for that new Denzel movie to come out," or was it, "I can't, yo, I gotta see what happens to Spider Man, I gotta see what happens to Thor, I gotta see what happens with does he get the hammer back?" Which one do, comes up first? Is it usually something tied to a superhero movie, or are you looking to see that new movie that's coming out next week? Do you even know what movie's coming out next week? I I'm actually I actually feel like going to go see Devotion. Um, later on, uh, today, as a matter of fact, it's the it's the movie with uh, Jonathan Majors, and the the white guy from Top Gun, the the cocky one. I forgot his name. Oh, I, I know you're talking about. Yeah, I the guy, the name. guy who saved them at the very end. Him. Yeah, yeah. So it, to me, I was oh, like Miles Teller. Man. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's in it. Hey, look at him. He's in. He's about to be in a, a Marvel. Uh, 
Is it Marvel? Yeah, I think Marvel. I think he's supposed to be in the Marvel movie. Yeah, I, but, I don't I don't know. But, but um but yeah, yeah. So you know, I want to go see something like that. But uh anyway, I mean you already know how I feel about Denzel Washington anyway. I already said that I'm not like ever in any rush to go see, you know, the newest Denzel movie unless I see the trailer and it and it's great for me. So if I'm pairing Spider-Man, my favorite superhero, and a Denzel Washington movie, I'm probably gonna be more in a rush to go see Spider-Man because he's my favorite superhero. Denzel Washington is not is is not like my favorite favorite actor, where it's like, oh shit, I have to go see it. Like I have to go see a Will Smith movie. Will Smith comes out with a new movie, I have to go see it. I have to go see but, it. But I'm you know go why? See it the day up. But you know why? Because Will Smith, no matter what he does, he's Will Smith. That's the that's the thing. He could do any movie he wants because he already established that. He don't need to be. If he never did Suicide Squad again, which I don't think he will, he's cool because. People are going to watch King Richard. People are going to watch Pursuit of Happiness. Yeah, he's already satisfied. He's already like people cast Will Smith because they know he's he's, he's automatically going to bring butts in the seats because that's what it's about. Are people going to come see this guy? If we put him as a lead role, will people come see him? That is a fact. You know what I'm saying? Like for me, they're not just going to get a random guy to to be freaking static shot. Probably not. That's why in my mind, something told me if you're going to be in it, you would be a villain. Because whoever they get to do it, like I, I can see them getting the black kid from Stranger Things. I can see, the, I can see him growing dreads and then him doing that, even though he might not be the most good looking. But I can see them doing that. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like they're gonna get somebody that audiences are familiar with. Will they trust? Will they trust a a, a relatively new act? Like unless, like I, because I would have to be around the block in terms of how much people know me before they give me something like that. No, People would, have, would have had to have heard of Dimitri Dews Jr. before he does Static Shock. They, they would have to have heard of me already. No, because and that's that's what that's one of the reasons why you know this whole conversation about Marvel. It's not so much that I I love Marvel. I don't hate Marvel. Just not this. Is just more a conversation started by people already in the industry who has a legacy that could never be wiped away. But it's the fact that nobody knew Tom Holland before he became Spider-Man. Nobody knew Chris Hemsworth before he was Spider-Man. Many people Chris Hemsworth before he was Spider-Man? You mean before uh, he was Thor? Thor, yeah, Thor. Nobody knew Robert Downey Jr. that much before he became Iron Man. Well, Robert Robert Downey Jr. was around in the 80s and the 90s and stuff like that. So he was around. So He was around, but he wasn't a Will Smith. He was Nobody was looking for Robert Downey Jr., if we be honest. So they they took... well, I, I I put I put Robert Downey Jr. in the same category that let's say Andrew Garfield is in, is where they're not they're not movie stars, but they're actors that you know and you know that they're great actors. Right, but that that's only because of the roles they've taken, Spider Man and Iron Man. Because what the problem is, you know, Shane Chi and all these movies, uh, Brie Larson, every all these people get cast in these superhero movies. They're I'm not saying they're no-name actors who just started acting a year ago and became success. No, these people who actually trained and this stuff. But nobody knew, the, the global, the, the, the masses didn't know who these people were. So you take them, you pluck them into these roles because that's why I asked you the question. If Marvel said, hey, we, we talk about this all the time, the struggle mm-hmm. with having to work a part-time job, you know, trying to make time trying to go to both. auditions and stuff. Making sacrifices. Right? Making sacrifices. But at some point, the sacrifice, the journey becomes a little overwhelming. It becomes a man. I just, I, I you know, I just want to not have to worry about finding a new job. I just want to act, right? Right. So this is the problem because Marvel or superhero movies in general are making it so that you come to them 
to get that success. Now, whether the movie succeeds or not, that's another question. But you take an actor who's been struggling for, let's say, 5, 10, 15 years, right? Hasn't hit that big break. And we all know it's increasingly hard to become a movie star because now movies movies are in. Unless you're doing TV shows, that's a different medium. Right. But let's say right now, you know, you struggling to pay bills, you know, you kept, you're behind, you know, auditions are not gone. Your career's not going the way you want. Mm-hmm. You get the opportunity of a lifetime. DC, Marvel, whatever, superhero movie. Yo, I got this big check for you right here. You know, if it succeeds, we can guarantee you a sequel, increase in pay, you know, take it right. or leave it. Now, the reason why I said I agree with what you said about being able to say, ah, I'll pass, but it won't succeed for you is because the days of being able to do that, you know, 12 years ago, 20 years ago, Denzel, because Denzel was known to take roles that he wants, that challenges him, it's long gone because now you don't have that luxury of picking and choosing. Now it's either you're doing a superhero movie or you're not. And no matter what mm-hmm. movie you do outside of a superhero movie, you're going to compete with a Marvel movie regardless. So it's like, okay, you turn down that movie, but your agent's going to look at you. The studio's going to look at you like, is this... Is this fool crazy? Nah, I, but the th- but the thing here's my here's my thing though. I feel like from all the interviews that I've ever heard, you know, of directors and stuff like that, I feel like they won't. I feel like an agent will, yeah, because agents are there to make money. They're there to help you get opportunities so they get paid because they want to get their twenty percent. So if you're making a million dollars, they get twenty percent of that. What is that? Two hundred thousand dollars? Yep. Twenty thousand? No, that's twenty thousand. Wait, twenty thousand. If you get twenty thousand, yeah, 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 that's twenty thousand. So. so it, it, so I, but that's what I'm saying. Now, my thing is this. It's like if I felt like, you know, yeah, if, if you're going through hard times and then you go through the audition process and they're like, yeah, we want we want you. Then my thing is, I'm just going to do the absolute fucking if I had no choice, I'm going to do the absolute best job that I possibly can. So even if the movie flops. Even if critics didn't like the movie, they're going to say, Demetri Dews Jr., we liked his performance. Or they're going to praise my performance. They're going to pan the film, but they're going to praise my performance and say, well, you know what? We can tell that with with he did the most with what he could. That's a, that is the only other way. That that is the only other way that I that I would that I would say. So it's like if, yeah, if I'm like, you know, on the brink of, you know, saying the abyss, and then, you know, God forbid, and then like you know, they're like, yo, you know what I'm saying? We want to give you, especially if it was Black Panther or some shit like that. I'd be a little bit more inclined to want to do black a, a, a property, a comic book like Black Panther than Static Shock. If I had to choose between T'Challa and Static Shock, I would want to choose... Oh, Freaky. Black Panther easily. Well, yeah, and, and, the, and the thing is now, because everybody's talking about, I mean, all right, so I'm going to just throw this out there. So they there's already a kid that they got that, you know, is supposed to be T'Challa's son. And what's funny... He was born in Haiti, out of everywhere. You know what I'm saying? And people are trying to say that like the little kid looks like T'Challa, looks like Chadwick Boseman, and to me he don't. But everybody say that I look like him. So it's you only do. a matter of time before I fucking you know come out there and people start seeing me and saying, "Oh shit, he actually looks like Chadwick," and then they're gonna give me that shit. <laughs> so that's what I'm saying. Kid in the beginning of the movie, but then they put me in. The, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? There'll be a little time skip, and then I'm the established motherfucking Black Panther. So exact. So this, but I would point. only, I would only want to do that only because of how much I looked up to 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 him, and then how 
because you got a Kevin Feige there and people already want T'Challa to come back because people don't want Letitia Wright as Black Panther. People don't. First of all, most people didn't really like that film from what I've seen or most black people didn't, wasn't really feeling it from, from who I know personally. And people are not too keen on her as Black Panther because she just doesn't translate well as that character. And I feel like she's going to stick out like a sore fucking thumb when they start to do the crossover films like Kang Wars and Secret Wars and the Avenger, you know, a crossover films that they're going to do a few years from now. So they need another fucking Black Panther to come in there and do it. And this is a little ass kid who's probably not even 10 years old yet. So, you know what I'm saying? And then by the time that they start to really look for another T'Challa, I'm already going to be like in my 30s at that point. So, yeah. And 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 and, and, and uh, Chadwick, he was in his very late 30s, if not his early. Uh, he was in his late 30s when he got late it. Late 30s when like... he first got it. Yeah. So I would be right on time as far as when they start to do it. But the thing is, they're not going to see me unless I do other work. That's the only way that they're going to see me. Right. And, and, you know, it's it's a choice. The reason why I ask you, it's a choice. It's like, you know, I've I've evaluated my career. I've, you know, you know, my buddy, Odie, you know, it's yeah. one of those choices where it's like I envision my career and it's like. I want to be I want to be able to do any type of movie I want. I want to be able to do every TV show I want. But the reality of that situation is, unfortunately, not a lot of actors have that that ability to switch unless they already have that reputation built. For them, you can't really do that. So now mm-hmm. it's a lane. Okay, you got the people like the Daniel Day Lewis's, which we haven't seen him in a movie in God knows how long. But you got people like him who's very selective on their films. You know, only chooses the 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 films that they want to do, and it's usually non superhero stuff, and that's cool. But when was the last time you heard of Daniel Day Lewis? You know, and it's like I don't even know what that. that is. Oh, he was the he's the dude that played Lincoln, uh, President Lincoln. Yeah, I have no um, idea. He's a famous method actor. He's one of the most talented actors ever. But that's a guy uh, as, as talented as he is. Nobody, nobody really talks about him anymore because it's been what over a decade plus since he last did a movie. So you have that actor. It's like okay, I'm gonna pick and choose what, what stuff I have. Then you also have the new lane, especially when you talk about movies strictly movies. Mm-hmm. Where it's a superhero movie, where it's like, okay, you risk your reputation regardless. A superhero movie, well, there's, yeah, Marvel does guarantee some success, but Ant Man, Guardians of the Galaxy, those movies had to kind of show that they was gonna be successful before they became franchises and stuff. But now that you got the superhero movies, so it's like, which lane do you want to go? Do you want to go to non superhero lane where you know the work may be there, but you're not gonna command a, a bigger paycheck than you would in a superhero movie? Where you do a, a Marvel, a DC, a superhero movie, you're guaranteed a hefty paycheck, global stardom, fame, everything that you that you you want. At that point, you could do any movie, no matter if people want to see it or not. You could go yeah, to that's Netflix. What you're saying. Yeah, I agree. You know yeah, yeah, but honestly, this is a conversation that this is an interesting conversation anyway. You know, for actors to have, you know, right? And in that's terms and, of just in in terms of like how you kind of plot your career, but. You know, I get what you're saying because me, my biggest criticism of Timok anyway, you know, the the actor that I was talking about from the 80s, I, I was like, why wouldn't you take it? You know what I'm saying? Because if you weren't an actor prior already, then you kind of really can't turn it down. And then again, like I like I said anyway, it's just do the best that you can with the material, especially if like you're you know you're you're in hard times. You know what I'm saying? Right, and, and it's one of those things where it's like 
you know, first of all, let me also say this. You never want to, for any actor, don't be desperate because people know, agents, everybody know when you're desperate for a role. So I, I guess for me, my point is, you know, if you, you've been acting, you've been trying to, you know, I use you as an example because you don't, you've been acting for a long time. So it's like, okay, how how much more are you willing to wait, finding part-time jobs, living a uh, life of when when is the next opportunity coming? When you know mm-hmm. guaranteed success or somewhat guaranteed success is coming if you take that one role. So it's like, right. okay, I you know, I'm I'm early 30s now, you know, I'm trying to start a family. What do, do I really want to keep hopping from, you know, part-time jobs? You know, right. I got a family to raise. Freaking odd jobs. But all right, yo, I, as a matter of fact, let me actually run you this hypothetical. And this is something that, like, you, you've helped me with. Because, like, let's say when we when we were, you know, when the prospect or when we found out about the fact that they were making a, a Michael Jackson biopic. That's an example of a, a major film, like how Elvis was major. That's a major film. And it's one of those things where you got to get it right. Because did you know, have you ever heard of the Flex Alexander, Michael Jackson biopic? Oh, like yeah. Horrible. Horrible. You do not, exactly. You do Horrible. not want to do one of those, even though it wasn't a movie. And I think it was just straight to like, you know, it was TV like a TV movie or something. Like or something yeah. yeah. But people will always laugh at this man for that. And they will never take him serious as, you know, uh, uh, a critical actor. Now he's just only funny actor. That's pretty much it. And that's one of those things where you you kind of screw up how people perceive you as an actor. Because, like, for a very long time, Lawrence Fishburne turned down What's Love Got to Do With It, which is the Tina Turner biopic, five times. I perceived this man as a violent person for a very long time. Why? Because perception is reality. Films are are there to engage your senses and you escape reality for a certain amount of time. Right. So I wouldn't want someone to perceive me in a humorous light when I set out to be taken seriously. So that's why it's like it's one of those things where like let's say if they if they offered it to me, it's like I would have to really like one lock in as an actor and two it I would have to feel like I'm in good hands storytelling wise because it's just like you guys are telling a Michael Jackson story. Well, what story are you trying to tell? Because you could tell the story of Michael Jackson a lot of different ways, and that's that's a concern that I would have as an actor, you know, so it's like, yeah, they're paying me this, but it's like, I, I wouldn't want to be pigeonholed as the actor that did the Michael Jackson biopic and everybody thought it fucking sucked because it's one thing to perform as Michael Jackson, you know, dance moves. And then it's a whole completely other thing to portray the man, you know, and who he was on the inside, you know, that's like a whole nother thing. So when people offer you something, you know, not, 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 not everything might always be a good thing. So there's, there's, always multiple ways to look at it so me i would relish in the fact that they would want to talk to me about those things because i'm an actor at the end of the day and it's like i want to tell a story that i know i can tell i would want to wear shoes that i know i could wear and wear them well you know so uh, let me let me make this and you know this topic is the reason why i send it around this whole topic about quentin tarantino and marvel it's not so much about whether you like superhero movies or not but from an acting perspective there is some type of challenges that come with a megastar like Marvel dominating the superhero movies, dominating the box office. And I'll use this example. You know, when I first moved to LA and I talked to a couple of different agencies, um, my agent and then another one, but I didn't, I didn't sign with them. But I remember two pieces of advice they, they told me. One was, you're going to go out for stuff 
that you never thought you would go out for. Because, you know, a lot of people had this idea, you know, when they was in high school, college, I was the same way. You know, you're the lead actor in, in a certain project or you can get casting in every project that you want, you know, that you choose to. But now when you're talking about people who's making a living off of you, you're going to have to be open-minded. So I know my limits as an actor. I know I'm not going to be the lead of a, a romantic comedy. I'm That's just not my lane. I know that, right? But until you at a place where you can tell your agency, eh, I'll pass, they don't want to hear that. One example, uh, one of the agencies I interviewed was a pretty big one. They was telling me a story about this one client that they had. She was uh she she booked a couple shows, you know, she she wasn't a household name or nothing, but you know, she got a little screen time. She started getting she started getting ahead of herself. And they sent out she I I can't remember the exact show, but I wouldn't say it just, you know, just for legal purposes, but she went out for a show and she became a recurring guest. She read the script and it's like, you know what? I'm a pass. I I I I want something else. And she did this without even consulting with the agency. She's just like, I don't want to do it. And they sat down with her and it was like, look, we can, we can rectify the situation right now. All right. You know, this is a prime opportunity. You know, you can take it and leave it. She said, I, I don't want it. Okay. Um, we'll, we'll talk to the agency. Uh, we'll talk to the production company. Next thing you know, she, oh, um, I, I we regret to inform you. We, we can't work with you anymore. We're terminating our relationship and we wish you the best of luck. I don't know what ever happened to her, but that's a prime example of when you're not at that place, like a Lawrence Fishburne or someone with an established, you know, Will Smith established uh, career in Hollywood before you start turning out stuff. You don't have that, that uh, you don't have that power to do that. It's not like a regular corporate job or regular job where, you know, you get paid by the hour. We're talking about people who make a living off of you. So an uh, agent, if you're a no-name guy or a no-name uh, actor and you're being offered a role in a blockbuster movie, you're damn well going to take it or you're going to risk nobody wanting to work with you because now you turn down a big paycheck for them to feed their agency, to feed their family, and to make a livelihood all because you felt like it wasn't stimulating you as an actor. I'm not saying... Now, I'm not saying if the role said, you know, you're going to be full nudity the whole time. That's one thing. But now, Marvel... But, that's it, but, all right, but how is that? But what makes that different? So let's say, all right, all right, let me ask... Oh, I'm talking about strictly superhero movies, not not so all much... Right, but let me, ask, let me ask you something. And then really, this is going to really be the nail in the coffin. All right. Let's say, let's say you are going through hard times, right? You can't right. pay your bills. You can't pay your bills. You can't pay your car note. You can barely eat for yourself. You can't do anything for yourself. And then the only thing you have going for your life is your, um, how should I say, your, uh, your acting. You know what I'm saying? Like you're just banking on every single audition that you have. Every single audition that you have can, you know, change your life, right? Right. Let's say they're doing Moonlight 2. And your ass is they want you to be the motherfucking lead character of, of the damn uh film. And they want to pay you $20 million, right? But your character is gay. And then they got you doing a whole bunch of gay scenes and a whole bunch of other shit that they had, you know, doing in the in the first in the first moonlight. Because they were doing a whole bunch of shit in that damn movie. What are you are you gonna take it? 
Hmm. You're doing mad gay scenes. You're doing mad gay scenes, full nudity, everything. Full nudity, everything. Your 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 name might as well be Persina. <laughs> Persina Brown. <laughs> Persina Brown. $50 million and you you are gayer than gay on the damn thing. What are you gonna do? Yeah, so this so this role that they're offering you is six degrees of separation on steroids. For $50 million, you are doing probably the most flamboyant, crazy scenes for 50 mil. You're in hard times. What are you gonna what are you gonna do? All right, two things before I answer that. One, ain't no movie outside of a superhero movie paying you that much money unless you Will Smith. And even then, he don't even get that much. Yeah, but let's say that director says, dude, the character, I've had dreams of this character, and he looked just like you. And this is this is Sony. Sony. This is this is the this is the marquee LGBTQ film of the decade, and they want you to do that shit. But let's say throughout the audition process, you didn't know. Like so when you was reading the sides, you didn't know it was a character, but they're like, look, Percy, you know, we've enjoyed you in this audition and stuff like that. We want to offer you this role. It's going to have, you know, 50, 50 million dollars. And it's an extra 20 million dollars on top of that if you get nominated for an Academy Award, you know, saying Oscars, all of that. But we actually want to let you know that this is an LGBTQ. <laughs> <laughs> well, th- th- legally, they couldn't even do that because, I mean, you- yes, they can. Yes, they well, can. Probably, yes, but... they can. Because you all you were reading were sides. You didn't you didn't get the whole script. So right. they're like, yeah, yo, this is this is what we're doing. This is Sony. This is Sony Films. Multi-billion dollar shit. James Cameron is is is, is attached to direct. And he's the director of Titanic, Avatar, all of that. But we want you to do this shit. What you gonna do? Well, you comparing a Toyota to McLaren. So, well, first of all, I would say no, I wouldn't do it because why? Why? But they're they're offering you millions of dollars. Millions no, no. of dollars. No, but it's a, it's a difference between this where this come. No superhero movies having you butt naked, you know, flashing yourself. That, that that's... doesn't matter. But but your your agency gonna fire you. They are gonna drop your ass. No, you not really. It. You know why? Because oh, a moonlight. Not really now though, right? No, uh-huh. no, no, no. Because a moonlight is not guaranteed the same assess that a Marvel movie would. Nowadays, doing, let me tell you something. In 2022, if they're doing a marquee LGBTQ, you know, saying liberal, liberal movie, all of that, and then they're gonna get you to do the shit, and this is gonna be some critical, you know, precious, you know, saying level story and all of that. All right, if they're not paying you fit, all right, they're paying you two million dollars. Is that does that does that make this doesn't make it sound any more realistic? The point I'm trying to make is is that is something that you feel would comp would would be contrary to your agenda and plotting of yourself as an actor, right or wrong. Right. Exactly. So that's, that's what I'm saying. And there's levels to compromise. So that, so the point that I'm making is money isn't everything because what happens is if you as an actor are forced into a situation that you feel like is not for you, or you don't feel you would deliver your best, then, then that essentially turns the actor agent relationship into a pimp hole relationship. Because if I'm a pimp and then, you know, I, I know I got to make this money and there's this car that's pulling up and, you know, the nigga wants his services and shit like that. But she's like, yo, I, I don't want to get in the car with this man. That's a pimp hole relationship. I'm like, yo, you better get in this car. Yo, go get me that hundred dollars. And I'm saying that's pimp hole. I don't think any real agency that 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 cares for their roster is going to want you to do some shit 
just for the money because we are actors. You know what I'm saying? No, money but it's a byproduct, but no real aid from what from what I from what I've heard. You know, there might be different agencies out there, but I don't think all agencies essentially think the same way because that's a pimp hole relationship. If I'm your if I'm your agent and you go and do an audition and they're paying you two hundred fifty thousand dollars, but you got to go and kiss a guy or some shit in one or two of your goddamn scenes, what you gonna do? No, but, the, but let me let me backtrack because I'm not. We're talking about two different things. Me turning down a movie because I feel like, for instance, this we're talking times, about artistic compromise. That's yeah, the yeah, point yeah. that I'm making. Yeah, but this that's why times, I feel like I would I would feel the notion of wanting to turn something down because I feel like it's contrary to you know the direction that I want to go in as an actor, or it's an artistic compromise that I feel like doesn't make sense for me, or I feel like maybe. That that character might because they do that all the time. You might go in and read from one character, and then they give you something else because they feel like you're more right for that. Right, but that's a conversation. So whenever you, first of all, when you have an agent, that's a conversation you have well before you even sign the contract. So they know my agency knows what I won't do and what I'm capable of doing. I'm willing to compromise on. So they wouldn't if they sent me out. First of all, they want to send me out to an LGBT movie, not because I'm transphobic or anything. But they know I'm not a gay man. I'm not. I'm not at that point where I'm willing to bear it all nude in front of a camera well, and let's portray say a gay. No, that's that's the point that I was. Oh, making. you could turn it down because, always... huh? But in that situation, with this two different things, a situation where you you're because I I I read this all the time, especially with women, where they go for a role and then the the uh the director try to bait and switch them. No, at that point, then you're in the wrong. The director's in the wrong because you can't do that. You can't tell somebody, hey, I'm going to catch you in this. Oh, by the way, I want you to drop your drawers. We're going to shoot you nude. No, you can't do that. Well, because cause... because because I understood what you meant, like, as far as, like, the superhero films are concerned. But you place a great emphasis on, you know, what the agency, like, because you're speaking from the agent's perspective, like, oh, right. well, they want to make their money. So if they're offering you this much and they need their 20%, they're going to drop you because they want their 20%. No, no, like, no. But I'm like, any relationship that an actor has with an agent should not be rooted in, you know, fast money and the money that they can make right now, because if they believe in you, you know what I'm saying? That's not what the relationship with the agent is built on, at least from what agent that no. whatever agent that I want to land in, I shouldn't feel like it's only about the money. And I feel like they should care about me as an actor. So uh, that's what I'm saying. So no, let, you, let me clarify you yourself, make it through the audition process. And then when you're sitting down, so they say we're offering you the lead role, you know what I'm saying, Percy, great to have you. You're playing, you know, John Doe, this and that. And then when you at when you're at the first read through, you find out that you gotta kiss a guy in in in, in scene in, in scene three, page thirty-seven. How are you gonna feel at that point? You're gonna be like, yo, no, like, but that's different inside, though. I didn't I didn't know that. No, but that's right, let me clarify what about the whole agency thing. What I mean by like the instance I was talking about with the girl, it wasn't that they was Telling her she got to be full nude and she was uncomfortable. She turned down because she didn't like the script. You can't do that when you're a no name actor. Oh, I'm turning down a big project because I don't like the script. No, that has to be reason. So that's why I said it's different when you when you part of an agency. Money isn't the greatest thing, but it's the thing that runs the agency. An agency can't operate without the money. You can't operate without money. So the industry is based upon you being reliable. So it's different than if you go to a job interview. And you think you're audition for cash, uh, cashier, then they tell you, oh, by the way, we're going to have you uh, doing uh, Naked Tuesdays 
uh, from eight to midnight. I didn't sign up for that. I signed up to be a cash. That's different. But when you're known, when you're not a, a household name, when you're not a name actor, you can't go into a, a super. The reason why I stress the whole superhero movies because that's that's where the money is nowadays. The superhero movies is in. So, if but it, money, but money is still money is still money, and you can still make money doing another project. So essentially, you so. Cause, cause I made a point. I don't think you even really answered it yet. So, what's the point? You, if so, that's what I'm saying. So, if you were to do an audition and you found out after you got the role that it was an LGBTQ character, and you already told your agent that you were that that you know what I'm saying, like yo, all right, so I'm you know I'm, I, I signed on to this project because again, most actors they don't get the script until after they get they they book the role, right or wrong. So if you find yes, out but that, they'll know the gist of the project. Like they wouldn't, I, they wouldn't, they wouldn't, they wouldn't do that because most actors wouldn't be comfortable with doing that type of role. So that's something they would have to disclose ahead of time. They can't just bait and switch you at that. Some right, some directors right, but, do, but that's generally you're not right, supposed to right, do that. But all right, so let's say, but yeah, all right, so let's say if it's like a like like a, but it's implied that you're gay. It's implied that you're gay, and you're you're still playing a gay character. Well, at that point, that's a conversation. If you're not comfortable, exactly, you, talk- you have to have a conversation. That's why I said so. That, that's that's what I mean by that. But so the- it, it's it's still give it's it's still a give and take situation. As no, far no, as you know, films are concerned. Sure, I I understand that, but I look at it as not all money is good money, especially no, no. when you're an actor. But let me say this: it's a difference between talking about I'm not comfortable doing this for character because I'm not comfortable with doing that, opposed to. Uh, I don't want to do static shot because I don't like the way how the script is making him do certain things. Or I'm not talking like this difference between the basis of the character where you like, okay, I don't mind playing a gay character, but I didn't know I was going to be required to do full straight nudity scenes throughout the whole movie. Then, then you sit down and say, hey, oh, and that's different. You, let, let, and let me give you an example. Like Demetrius Ship Jr., the guy who played um, Tupac, in, the, in that big, you know, yep. what was supposed to be that big all eyes on me yep. on project. Have you seen this nigga since? No. You, exactly. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like you, you, when they trust certain people to do these, these, these things, these, these projects that are supposed to be huge and, you, and people don't like it. Cause I didn't even see, I've seen bits and pieces of this shit and it, and it was trash. Even if he might have that sort of faint resemblance of Tupac, according to some people, he do. it was, it was garbage. And again, you don't really get that shit like sense because people, hey, he's the Tupac guy. People didn't like the film. That is it. It's not like he he's like Tupac where he'll still get to do other projects. Nah. So that's what I'm saying. And he took it because he was like, all right, yeah, cool. But now he's probably struggling to get, you know, a role that's on par with that now. Well, to be fair, the problem with him was, one, he wasn't a true actor. He His father worked with people in the industry. So... He kind of, kind of had a little leg up in the competition, and he wasn't even that. a trained actor. Yeah, I did. A I know whole... he worked. I, I thought he used to work at Target or some shit like yeah, that. He right? did, but yeah, he did, but he wasn't. He wasn't a. He wasn't going to acting class, doing headshots and all. His father was in the industry and knew certain people. And two, it's a risk. No matter what movie you take, it's a risk is going to fail in, te- in terms of a blockbuster. Now the chances of. When you do a superhero movie, there's always gonna be a chance it flops. Even a Marvel movie, some movies just aren't household names. Like, uh, uh, what was that that other movie they made before Ch- Shang Chi that nobody knew of? That movie, uh, I think uh, Angelina Jolie was in it. Um, mm-hmm. I, I forgot the name of it, 
But certain movies are going to be guaranteed success hits. But you know what? At the end of the day, especially now with the industry and the pay structure, <clears throat> a lot of actors are coming out talking about it. When they get more money in superhero movies, then they will, you know, book in a bunch of other projects anywhere else. So it's like, okay, I look at it from this perspective. Okay, I'll do, let's say I do Black Panther. Uh, I wouldn't even use because that's already established. I do uh, Martian Manhunter. DC does a Martian Manhunter movie. I do it. It's a risk I'm willing to take. But you know what? I could quit my day job. I could fo- focus on acting full time now. All right. Let's say it, it fails. All right. I can give up. I could keep trying. You've seen it with uh, uh, Ryan Reynolds when he did Green Lantern. That movie was god awful. But you yeah, know but what? Ryan Reynolds was already Ryan Reynolds before he did he did Green Lantern though. Yeah, but that's what I like mean. Michael B. Jordan wasn't the wasn't the Michael B. Jordan now, and he did Fantastic Four, and that flopped. But because he was already around, he had already did Fruitvale Station. He got with Ryan Coogler when Ryan Coogler was doing Black Panther. Who did he call his boy? Right. So it, it, you can only really be established and do some shit and screw it up, and you'll get a second chance because you're already established. But if you come straight out the gate doing some big old project and it don't work, you're going to get put on the shelf. You might can get a couple of things, but that's it because I'm on Demetri Ship Jr.'s Wikipedia page right now. He's only got three three films on his uh, uh filmography, All Eyes on Me, Cutthroat City, which was trash, and Same Difference, which it only says post-production, so maybe it never came out. And then only four credits on his on his television. So he'd he, he be struggling. Why? Because he didn't do a good job doing All Eyes on Me. Now, I get it. It's like, yo, the reason why we even know him now is because he did it, but then now he's always going to struggle to find roles because of a, a, a bad portrayal of Tupac in that. Because again, and then the only other role that I seen that was recurring was like, like a thug gangster role on a show called All American. Yeah. Thug, thug gangster role. Thug gangster. Like, you know what I'm saying? So you'll only get to, and in Cutthroat City, he was a thug gangster too, pretending to be like, acting like Tupac. <laughs> because that's, that's what that's, his career that's, that's, that's all he can do. That's that is all he can do. So that's what I'm saying. Like me, fresh out the gate. That's why you want to make sure it's actually a good fucking script. Because if you don't, you you you'll take it and you'll never get another opportunity again if it was trash. That's the point that I'm making. So it's not that you're wrong or I'm wrong. It's just a, a, it's just a, I'm seeing six, and from where you're standing, you're seeing nine. That's pretty much the only you know what I'm saying like like difference. With what we're saying. You know, I get it, but it's just like, yo, you got to watch out because you see, I've seen this happen so many times and I don't want to get stuck in no Dimitri Ship Jr. lane where it's like, yo, that's the static shot guy. And then people put me in memes and shit like, what, what was it, Morbius? Yeah. Like, yo, that that's like the laughing stock, straight laughing stock. And it's mind on you, Netflix, this dude, so. wasn't, he, wasn't he Joker before? Jevaleto, yeah. Yeah, and then he did Morbius, straight laughing stock. If he, people will never trust him for something like that ever again. And that movie, prop, and what's funny because they thought because everybody was clowning that film that we were actually going to go back and see it again if they re-released it. Nobody went to go see it when they re-released it, and he will never get something top tier like that because people didn't like him as Joker. He he got a second chance to, to do Morbius that did worse than Joker did. And he will never get that opportunity again. So now he's going to get stuck doing smaller projects because he miscalculated trying to pick the bigger dollars and thinking, oh, this is a Spider-Man villain. If I do this, then I'll get to be in Spider-Man movies. They're not going to put him in no damn Spider-Man movie because all we're going to do is laugh at him. So they're going to be like, yo, we don't want him laughing at Spider-Man, so we're going to keep him away. (laughs) We're going to keep him away. 
because that's just how that's just how it is. So sometimes, again, you got to be like, all right, if I'm stepping into the into this machine, I have to really make sure that this is I have to I have to sit. I have, to, I have to, it has to be such a good story that I'm constantly reading the script before we even go to the reading. I have to be constantly reading that shit, especially if it's a superhero film. Because again, if you're a newcomer, it's best that you're supporting shit in a flop than the lead role in a flop. Facts. Because people don't always blame the director. You know who they look at when a movie sucks? They look at the lead actor. That's who they look at. Yeah, the director would cast some flack, but when After Earth came out, who did they, who did they look at when they said the movie was trash, they looked at Jaden Smith. They looked at Jaden Smith. Have you seen Jaden Smith in another film again? No, you no. haven't. Well, that's that, different, that's though. That's my point. That's, that's my different. point. He was a brand new actor with his dad. Then they they, they put hundreds of dollars, hundreds of millions of dollars into a project to try to get to try to put him on the map with the film, and that shit sucked. And then since then, you haven't seen this nigga come back since. Since I think he did some one little trailer with Cara Cara Delevingne or some shit like that. I didn't even know if that film came out, and I bet you nobody watched it. So you know what he's doing now? He's rapping because when you when you're a lead actor and you screw up in a big like even Pulp Fiction, Samuel Jackson wasn't the lead in that movie. So that's why that's why like like look at Sam Jackson for instance. He was never like like yes he's the he's a leading man, but he's more so. As a as a great solid supporting actor, because in Pulp Fiction he was a supporting actor, in King Kong he wasn't the lead in King Kong. He was a supporting actor. He was the biggest star in the film, but he was a supporting actor in Star Wars. He's not the lead in Star Wars. He's a support. Mace Windu is a supporting actor, because if they were to give him the Mace Windu, all right, so let's say tomorrow, which it, all right, all right. So let's say tomorrow, if they did a standalone Mace Window film, that film will probably be very successful. But let's say if before he did Coming to America in 1988, they gave him uh, a Star Wars episode one and a half, and it was Mace Windu, right, in the 80s. And then he was the lead actor. George Lucas, everything, lead actor. And fucking, he did that film, and that's your flop. Do you think he would be in Pulp Fiction after that? Do you think he would have been in, in, in Jungle Fever after that? Or the other films that he's done, A Time to Kill and, 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 and Die Hard since then? The only reason oh. why he got Die Hard, um, was, yeah, it was Die Hard. Yeah, yeah, it was Die Hard. Because they wanted to give that film to Lawrence Fishburne. You know what happened? They went to go see Pulp Fiction. The director of, of Die Hard went to go see Pulp Fiction at Cannes Fist Film Festival. And they said, we're going to check out the Samuel Jackson guy in, in Pulp Fiction. And if we like it, we're going to go, we're going to cast him in Die Hard, which is really, which is really another, you know, his career going to the next level because he was the co-lead in that film. He wasn't even the lead in Die Hard. But what would have happened to Samuel Jackson if they didn't like him in Pulp Fiction? Needless to say, if he was the lead actor in Pulp Fiction, if you do a film and they go to these Cannes Film Festivals, because that's where a lot of these big movies come out. You know what I'm saying? Before they come out in theaters, they 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 put them out in, in really big film festivals. If they don't like it, it's a wrap for your career. It is a wrap. The only reason why Will Smith got on the map was because people love Six Degrees of Separation. It's because people love Independence Day. And arguably, Will Smith was not really the star in, in Independence Day. He wasn't. Because that was an ensemble cast. He was the one that, that stood out that long. And that's what got him Men in Black. But what would have happened to Will Smith if when he finally left 
Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, and he did Six Degrees of Separation, and people thought that film was trash, he would have stuck but, to he would he would have stuck to uh rapping at that point, honestly. But honestly. So me, you can't you can't just jump into lead roles and shit like that, you know, just just because because then again you might fuck up your career in, in the long run. But I would say this. So you make I, good I, points, you're but, right too. You're right too. So I'm not disagreeing, but I'm just I'm just proposing that opposite side for listeners to get so they can hear your side and they can hear my side because you're you're right. You're not wrong. I, I agree with you, but there's just that other side of that that i'm very cognizant of because as you move throughout your career you have to again like like pick and choose your projects carefully it's like i like on my youtube channel i'm selective on the video i don't just be making videos just to make them like i choose videos carefully so it's the same way now i don't just just because somebody asked me to do a short film now i'm not gonna just do it even if even if they even if they pay if i don't like it i don't like it because i don't want to show up to do something that I don't like, that I know I'm not gonna want to watch, because if I'm not gonna want to watch it, I know people ain't gonna ain't gonna want to goddamn watch. It's like I make videos that I want to watch. I do shit that I want to watch. So if they're offering me Static Shock, if I feel like I want to watch it, then cool, right? And especially because guess what? If I like the project, and I'll, I'll let you go ahead. My bad. If I like the project, right? Then that means I'm gonna automatically give my 100% best in that project. So then, again, hopefully critics will fuck with it because critics are the ones who also help propel your career to the next level in addition to box office success. So you need both, right? Right. But if I go into some shit just for the money and I don't like it and I show up to set unenthused every fucking day, that shit is going to show. It's going to show. So then again, you're going to have bad Rotten Tomatoes rating. You're going to have lackluster box office fucking numbers. And then that's it. Because all right, let me all right. And I'm gonna say this, and then and then and then you can go ahead. Where would Daniel Kaluuya be if Get Out fucking sucked? If that was Jordan Peele's first film, people didn't fucking like it, and it didn't make box office numbers. Where would De not Jordan Peele? Where would Daniel Kaluuya be right now if people fucking hated Get Out? And he took it for the money, but people fucking hated it. So that $300,000 that he made for it, however much money he made for it, you better make that shit count. Invest that shit in some fucking real estate because you know what? He ain't going to get he ain't, he ain't going to get that 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 opportunity ever again in life. Because if that a film that you carry, when you and, and mind you, let me tell you something. To be a leading man ain't no joke. That shit ain't no joke cuz you carry in the film, you're the leading actor. So it's like, yo, I have to feel supported by not the director, but the story, I have to feel supported in the story. The story has to support my performance because that shit is garbage. They might pay me a million dollars, but that'll be the last time I get paid a million dollars in film. But I would say this because I, I don't disagree with anything you said. The problem, I know you don't. But the, the, the thing, this, this is my perspective. That's one of the, this whole Marvel situation ties into this. You know why? Because we don't live in that day and age where you are able to you know, pick and choose which project. We live in a day and age now where superhero movies have made it so where you need to make a certain amount of money to be successful. So yeah, you can do a get out, right? But those days are kind of, now You if you're competing with a, a, a Spider-Man movie, if you're not competing with that on a on a box office level, then your movie's going to be automatically seen as a, 
it's not technically going to be a box office bomb, but it's going to look like a failure compared to Spider-Man because now people are saying, okay, you just did Get Out 2, for instance, right? You did $200 million at the box office, but Thor just came out and he did $1.2 billion. So what did, what did you do wrong that your movie didn't cross, you know, get nowhere near that? So now that's the problem is because we don't live in that day. We don't live in that era now, you know, back then with Al Pacino, Robert De Niro, Samuel Jackson, Eddie Murphy, all these different names where there was a multitude of different projects. You could do a Pulp Fiction or a Die Hard. You could choose. Nowadays, no, I mean, there's still, but there, there's still TV. There's, there's still, there's still television. And, uh, you know, yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? So where, where there's not options in film anymore, but there's still plenty of options to showcase your talents in, in the, 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 the different streaming platforms out of it. Peacock, Hulu, Amazon, Stars. Like you got, there's, there's a lot of options. Oh, I'm just strictly, I'm not, just, as far as that's concerned. I'm, I'm just speaking strictly movies because the whole Marvel thing, that's all really strictly towards yeah, movies. Because well, TV is always like I said, gonna... me. I just to be the lead lead role in in a and I've never done it before, you know. To be a lead role in a film is is something that I I just don't take lightly, and I feel like dollar signs, whether the agency is happy or not, is not something that you know is 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 enough for me to tackle something like that. Because I I told you before, I'm like, yo, if they were to say, oh, all right, Dimitri, um, we want Dimitri Deuce Jr. to be the new T'Challa. And what did I? What have I always said? I'm like, yo, motherfuckers are not going to be hearing from me throughout that whole process, pre-production, freaking production, and maybe a little bit of post. Like, I'm, I'm gonna lock in because if you're the lead role, that means your support. The cast is there to support you, but they're following your leads. I have to make sure I do it right because I know for a fact if I do it wrong, I, you're not going to get that opportunity again. You're not going to get that opportunity again, and I know that for a fact. And and money, for me. It's not again like the measuring stick for like how fulfilled I am or how how fulfilled I'm gonna be as, as an actor. Maybe as a person, cool. But my job is an is is an actor. So it's like, yeah, that that's great, that's cool. But I want to make sure we're gonna get this right. So even if I'm the new guy, I'm gonna be all I'm gonna be glued to the director or whoever is the creative force behind this project that they're asking me to do because I want to make sure that just like how they want to get it right, I want to get it right. You know what I'm saying, and I'm pretty sure that though not not that you're the, you're you're the uh, director or anything, but I'm pretty sure they'll they'll talk to you. You talk, it's a collaborative project, just like in theater. You talk to the director. Yeah. But this big block, I'll tell you this: I, as someone who finally was able to go on a big production, that's not how it worked. On a smaller film, you could, but once you start talking about budgets of millions of dollars, that's the problem. It's like okay, you. I'm not saying they don't work with you, but as a new person with no, no name attached to you, when you go onto these sets, they're not going to be like, yeah, but they wouldn't, they wouldn't, they wouldn't get you to do a project. The only reason why they ask you to do a project is is because they see something in you. If that's the case, then that means they could have just gotten anybody to do the shit. And then if that's the case, then get anybody to do the shit. No, no, no. But that's I was the saying- case. So if I cast you, if I, if I write a story and I say, yo, Percy, I want you to be the leading actor in the shit. The reason why I'm doing, I'm asking you to do it. Is because I feel like you have something of value to bring to my project. So if you're coming to me and saying, you know, I have, you know, maybe I, I'd like to, you know, go this way with the scene, or, you but, know, I kind of want a little bit extra here or there, or I think maybe, you know, this scene, you know, the point of the scene will get a little further to audiences if we do this, this, and that. 
I'm going to take that into consideration because anyway, film is the director's medium. It wouldn't hurt for your suggestion, for me to bring your suggestion into the editing room. It's not like what they shoot there is on the fly. No, they edit everything. But that's, what, me, that's, that, that's what I'm saying because I think, you you know, you and I, I think that's kind of where we just divulge just in terms of like what I, I work, where I feel like I want to go and where, you know, you want to go, you know, as an actor, we're just a bit different, you know, in that, in that aspect, because the way that I, the way that I, I want to go about my acting career is just very like, like, I, I don't want to say hands-on, but just very thorough, you know what I'm saying? Because I don't just, I, I don't want to just do some shit because I'm going through hard times because no, absolutely that's, not. Because that's, that's what I'm saying. Because if, if that's the case, then I will be in hard times again if I'm only doing shit for out of it. Because, and me personally, I never make the good decisions in desperation mode ever. I've I've never nobody made does a good. Des- I've never made a sound decision in desperation mode. Like I I I freaking opted to 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 get a full time job. You know, at a bank. You know, when I'm an actor, I, in desperation mode, I was like, damn, yo, I really freaking signed up to, for a full-time job. Why? Because I made that decision in desperation mode. So then I might fuck around and do a project that's going to come out and suck, uh, but I'm doing it because I'm I'm the lead role and they're paying me X amount of dollars. And then I wind up, you know, Demetri Dues Jr., Demetri Ship Jr. I'm not having that. I'm not having that shit. You know what I'm saying? And I'm an, I, I, again, I will say I'm an actor's actor. I, I believe in myself. So... All right, like let's say, let's say for but instance, let me, let me, let me I, just, I'm, I'm gonna just throw this in there real quick. It's like Errol Spence Jr. because he's a boxer. When he left the Olympics and then he he turned pro, he had two offers. He had an offer from from top rank ESPN, and then they were gonna offer him like like a crazy amount of money to sign with top rank, which is like maybe a million, two million dollars, right? Then he had another offer with um, Al Heyman. Uh, uh, Showtime, PBC, Fox. Al Heyman was only going to pay him not even not even a fraction of a million dollars. I think he was only going to pay him like twenty thousand, maybe like fifty thousand dollars to sign with him, right? But he had the long term set out for him, like the long term, you know, at, like he basically had his whole entire career in mind by signing him with with fifty thousand dollars versus with ESPN top rank signing him, you know, for a million. And then they don't have the long-term in mind. There's no career plotting involved in any of that. And I look at scenarios like that as to where I don't look at the dollars. I'm playing the long game, not the short game with my career. And you know what? It, it, this is a conversation where that's something as an actor, you got to have to figure out because nobody can make that choice for you. And all I'm talking about is choices. You know, we, you know, in this day and age, when it comes to movies strictly, Marvel is like the UFC. Any other movie is kind of like Bellator, the smaller promotions, where it's like, okay, you can fight, you know, you can potentially make a little more money, but you're not going to have the same amount of coverage. You're not going to have the same amount of box office. You're not going to say, you're not going to have the same amount of revenue. And it's not wrong. It's not wrong with going either direction, but really, it's just up to you. Because mm-hmm. for me, I've thought about this long and hard. I wanted to be a Will Smith. I wanted to bounce around doing all types of movies. However, in the last ten years, I've started to see a trend. The days of a Will Smith being homegrown is long gone. You're not going to see another Will Smith, if not anytime soon. What you're going to see is 
Marvel or well, there's superhero only one actors. Will Smith. There's there's only no, no. you mean like actors that experience that sort of yeah. kind of you know success, right? 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 Yeah, yeah. No, nobody's nobody's going to replace Denzel, Will Smith, none of that. But the days of being able to grow the same direction as Will Smith is over. Not a lot of actors are getting the opportunity to go from a a, a serious a serious film to a comedy to a box office. No, uh, Will, Smith, Will Smith is is an anomaly in a sense that he knew somebody that knew somebody that got him freaking you know the Fresh Prince of Bel Air, which then facilitated you know Six Degrees of Separation. So I I don't look at like Will Smith's career. I I can't look at his career as an example of where I want to take my career because in order for that to happen, the same factors would have to be involved in the equation. The same variables right. would have to be at play, and they're not. So Will Smith could never be my example of the the career plotting it, it it doesn't it doesn't like you said it doesn't work like that uh, 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 you know? i would just use it i was just using it as an example but i'll say this just a, one last point mm-hmm. the reason why when i talk about chris i'm with all these people they may not be true movie stars or whatever but at the bottom line when you see new movies coming out what is the most common theme especially when you talk about streaming services and stuff you see in a lot of the same Marvel actors, DC actors appearing in these movies. So it's not like, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying I'm going out to see these movies, but when a, uh, a new blockbuster is coming out, for instance, that new uh, Mario, Super Mario movie, who's the voices? Chris Pratt is doing it. Um, you know, the newest Marvel movies coming out, who's who's in that? Chris Evans, Chris Hemsworth, Tom Holland. So it's like, doing that, that movie that came out, what, last year, two years ago, who's in that? It's basically all Marvel actors reuniting for a different type of movie so it's like yeah I, I, zendaya because she's the only one that 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 was a marvel actor that was in dune if i'm not if i'm not mistaken and again she's she's a supporting character so she's not i wouldn't even look at excuse me i wouldn't look at zendaya as like a marvel star because she's really like oh no off, she, she she's, she's off to the side yeah, i wouldn't even say that. that she's like a leading she's like a leading lady. she's the love interest but she's not a leading lady no, because in and, No Way Home, how how many minutes collectively was she in that film? Like, you know, what I'm saying in comparison to to Tom Holland and let's say you know like the other villains and stuff like that. Not and Doctor Strange, not so much. Oh, oh no! And my point is, when you look at the new generation of stars, it's superhero movies. That that that's generally you're not going to see another Denzel type come up and rise the ranks. We did see a couple people who thought they was going to break them all, but they never did. Why? Because in terms of competing with Marvel and superhero movies, their movies just wasn't doing that. So now I look at my career. This is just me. I look at my career as this. I can go the hard working route. I know a lot of actors who do small films, other feature films to keep yourself busy. I'm not saying I don't do that. However, you know, at the end of the day, I don't like to say money uh, is the greatest thing for me, but I'd rather make I'd rather live off of acting than having a part-time job waiting for the next challenging actor role that would suit me as an actor. And I'm just saying that as someone who's been doing it for 12, 15 years. At this point, I know if I do a superhero movie, I'm guaranteed to go to Netflix. Hey, I, I hear you're casting for this movie. Here's my 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 fees, two million dollars. All right, here you go. I can do that at that point because that movie, if it's successful. I could command any paycheck I want at that point because now everybody's looking at me like, oh, he killed it, you know. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I like I said, you know, you and I, you and I are just uh, you know slightly different. I, I get that. Like I like I agree with you 100. percent Like everybody, all actors, you know, the goal is to do it full time and to you know live off of off of 
you know, your work is just maybe the way that I, I apply that desire is probably, you know, just a bit different, you know, different than, than, than the way you would. Oh, absolutely. And there's nothing wrong with that. This conversation, it started off more so about just, you know, see somebody like Benedict Cumberbatch, he actually does a lot of, a lot of like non-Marvel stuff outside of that. And I, I like the way that he does it so he can lead that, but he's still like, I, I look at him from what I'm seeing right now. He's like, he's an actor's actor. So he does. He didn't let the fact that he's Doctor Strange stop him from doing other shit, because he, it, from what I've seen on his filmography right now, it doesn't seem like he he's trying to 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 chase box office success. He's not trying to do. It. He's an actor's actor, so he can do both. That's what I ultimately I would love to be able to do both, and he's the example. Oh, and that's why I said. And his, his birthday is not long after mine. But that's exactly the point. That's exactly the tra- trajectory I'm thinking of doing my career is because yeah, he does other films. But his biggest role is uh, Doctor Strange. There's no question. So he can, that's why I said I, I could do a superhero movie next year, grow my brand up to the point where I'm superstar now, and now I can do these other films because now I have the recognition to do that. When you're a no-name actor, you don't have that luxury of being able to just choose whatever products because you don't have that rep- you don't have that repu- uh, reputation that precedes you to say, oh, I can give him $2 million and guarantee a return. He can because he's been in these movies that returned a lot of money. So that's what I'm saying. It's it, 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 there's no right or wrong path. There's no right or wrong answer. It really just depends on. No, how it's you just look di- at it. it's just it's just different strokes for different folks. Okay? And it's not wrong with that. Different it's not wrong with for that. Different folks. Um, this is a good conversation, and I, you know, what people should take away from this is not so much we criticizing superhero movies, criticizing. Uh, we didn't, yeah, we didn't criticize superhero films at all. It's just, no. we're just, just describing the situation and calling a spade a spade because I like them, I go see them. You like them, you go see them. So, you right, know, nothing wrong with that. Well, like, from the I'll say one more thing too. Jonathan Majors is a perfect example of that, where he's now Kang in Kang the Conqueror, and he's going to be in um, Ant Man three, right? right? He still does Creed three, freaking devotion. He did the fire bloods, you know what I'm saying? Like, I want to, that's the goal. You know what I'm saying? That's the goal. Cause he's the villain. He's not carrying, he's not carrying it. He's just the villain. That's why when I said static shock or when you said static shocks, like something in my head, even before I even made that correlation, I was like, oh, well, I'd probably rather be the villain instead. Oh, I'm going, I'd rather be the villain too. But as long as it's in a superhero mood, cause you could like if we see it from Tom Hardy when he played Bane, Heath Ledger when he played Joker. If you kill it in these movies, you guarantee success. That unfortunately, if you do a movie like uh, Heat in twenty twenty three, you're not going to be guaranteed that same parallel success. So, but it's not wrong. I mean, it, as an actor, it's a choice that you make, and it's a journey only you can take, and you can figure out. And it's not wrong with that. And that's the bottom line. Any final thoughts? Um, if I'm in static shock because I'm six foot four, you know what I'm saying? Catch me, catch me in static shock as rubber band man or Ebon, one of them. <laughs> nah, you're gonna be T'Challa, man. Stop playing. Yeah, we'll see, we'll see, man. But you know, I, I, I gotta keep going. Absolutely, keep on keeping on. Like I always say, a helping hand, it's a better hand. Thank you, Dimitri. Yes, sir. Peace.